everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to continue our series on talking about classic Disney animation. And uh, we're here to talk about Jungle Book. And uh, my friend Stanford is here. Hi, Rachel. How's it going? Yeah, hi. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're very excited to talk about Jungle Book. <laughs> and Absolutely. Jungle Book is the 19th film in the Disney canon. And uh, it was released in 1967. What's your overall like feeling about the Jungle Book and your experience as you rewatched it? Well, I I love this film. I, you know, as a child, I loved it. My my older siblings tell me, and I you know I don't remember this, but they tell me when I was very little, all I used to do was listen to the Jungle Book soundtrack, <laughs> and and uh, I, I mean. It's so fun. You know, I mean, I can see, I mean, it's just appealing, I think, for kids and adults, you know, just how fun the soundtrack is. But as an adult, it's almost more like a bittersweet film because learning and understanding that it's the last film that Walt Disney worked on himself and the last animated film. And so I think it's got a special place uh, for me uh, for that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, so my experience with Jungle Book is uh, is it was my father's. It is my father's favorite Disney movie, and he loves it. And so it was one we watched quite a bit. And so I definitely do have quite a bit of nostalgia. Yeah, for it. And it's definitely I just remember dancing to the songs and loving the songs. And and one of the things I remember is uh, the um, I want to be like you. I went to Europe when I was fourteen. And it was, you know, it's this dream trip or whatever. And one day we were in France and there was a band in, in France and they, the band started playing, I want to be like you. And they had, <laughs> they, because my dad was thrilled and my dad was so excited. And oh, yeah. my, dad, my dad doesn't watch many movies. So like the ones that he watches and that he loves, those are like important to me because that those are the few times that I can bond with him over a shared love of a movie because it just yes. doesn't so much. Anyway, and uh, so we bought their CD of this band, some random band in France, and we would listen to <laughs> that all the time too. Oh, how fun. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, just some random fun memories. And uh, it's just uh, one of those joyful Disney animated films. Yeah. And as I guess Enjoy. as an objective... Uh, if I look at it objectively and take off the nostalgia cap, I can recognize some of the problems in the movie. Sure. But I still think that it's a really fun watch. Yeah, and uh, so there's a lot of things that we're going to kind of talk about with this movie. And, uh, but I thought I'd share just some trivia to start out. So my friend Jim is uh, one of my friends from high school is now a one of the world's leading experts on lemurs how's that for random that and, interesting and specific <laughs> you know yeah. and he's spent like all of this time studying lemurs in madagascar and he knows all everything she knows everything there is to be known about animals in africa and india and whatever and so i asked him i said are there bears in the jungle like i <laughs> Like, that's so weird. Why is there a bear in the jungle? And, uh, and he said, he said that the kind of sloth bears that are in Jungle Book are actually not in India, um, that they are in Vietnam, he said. Okay. And, uh, and that, uh, that there are no monkeys in India. 
he said, <laughs> I guess. And uh, so, they, and so they definitely wouldn't all be together. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. That is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, trying to give a little, little more extra on this podcast you might normally get. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, it, it does not matter at all that this is realistic. Uh, but I just thought it was kind of funny. That is, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> and because it never occurred to me until a couple of years ago that I'm like, there's a, why is yeah. there a bear? Yeah, in India, yeah, in the world. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, and so Jungle Book, I, there is, of course, the classic Rudyard Kipling novel. Have you read the novel? You know, I think I read some sections of it in school. Mm -hmm. And but I'm not sure if I've ever just sat down and, and read, read the whole, you know, jungle book. And then I believe that there's some other stories with Mowgli mm -hmm. in them. Yeah. Um, uh, I yeah, like this Mowgli going back to the, uh, the man uh, village is only like a, is one, it's, it's sort of like a group of short stories and Mowgli going back is sort of one of those sort of short stories. Yeah. I was reminded to, you know, watching it and also seeing the uh i saw in this book i was looking at you know to prepare for the podcast the uh, the original theatrical poster that says in small print at the bottom of it inspired by the rudyard, rudyard kipling mowgli stories but well that's probably <laughs> i mean it's accurate right <laughs> so, you know, it's very, very accurate. loosely accurate yeah. <laughs> inspired <laughs> And he's the same name and location, <laughs> right? But. And that was by design. Disney, while well, Disney is famous for literally telling the animators, do not read the book. I don't want you to read the book. Yeah. And uh, which is really interesting and very subversive when you think about it. That, uh, you know, now this weekend we have uh, a adaptation of a book uh, in the theaters. And if, if Steven Spielberg were to say, I'm not even, like, don't read Ready Player One, don't care about it, don't adapt it, we're just, like, taking bare bones. Maybe there's some people, because a lot of people all have this weird hate for that book, but, um, but still, like, everybody would, would be very upset. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so it's this sort of interesting, subversive, the only, thing, the only thing I can even kind of think to compare it to is maybe in a weird way, Thor Ragnarok. Because uh -huh. Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi was just like, I'm just doing whatever the heck I want. I don't care about the comics. I don't care about the other two movies. I'm just going to make a fun movie and I'm going to make people laugh. And there you go. And <laughs> yeah, it worked. And I, I think that's it's kind of similar here with Disney. Like he just wanted, this is going to be their own thing. It's going to be their own uh, experience. And I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, clearly this there's really not a cohesive story in in this film. Yeah, and I found a couple of interesting quotes about this too, Rachel. Uh, Time Magazine, I believe it said in its original review, you know, from from '67, mm -hmm. that the Jungle Book is based on Kipling the same way that a fox hunt is based on foxes. You know, I mean, it's just like, what yeah. in the world, you know, <laughs> it's, right. just not even, it's just not even, and, but, but, you know, that the, the stuff that I read historically was that, uh, you know, just as you were saying, 
Walt was encouraging the animators, they had these sequences, and then and then Walt actually came up with a story that worked to pe- to to make all the sequences work together, and you you can tell, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's this it's just not a the story is not this film's strong point. It's no. it's the characters and the songs, you know, and and not and, and, and not the story. And I think you know. As a child, you can't really tell, but as an adult, you sure you sure can. You know, they yeah. just that it just does feel like a series of vignettes, right? Yeah, it does. It it's basically like uh, if the music wasn't so great, it would be not very great. But yeah. the songs are so fun, They're and they so much fun. <laughs> and they I mean, add, I've liked them since I was two or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and they add King Louis as a character. Mm-hmm. He's a very fun character. Yeah, and uh, that, he's not in the book. Yeah, and what I read to Rachel that King Louis segment was or sequence was one of the first ones that was completed, and oh, they really didn't even have a beginning, middle, or end to the story. <laughs> you know? They went with that, and it's. It's so much fun. I mean, yeah. just, it's just, it's just delightful. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And so, yeah, it starts out with the great narration uh, from uh, Sebastian Cabot uh, voicing the Gira. And I think that's another super great strength of this oh, my stars. movie is the incredible voice cast. The voice cast is impeccable in this film. And I mean, it might be one of the best oh, ever. I mean, can you absolutely. think of one that's stronger? I think, I, I think the voice cast and the character animation in this film is some of the best things you know, oh, yeah. that ever done. And I agree, Sebastian Cabot was so perfect as, as Bagheera, you know? Yeah. You just can't even picture anybody else. Yeah, because like uh, the uh, he's he's a stick in the mud, but he's also saving this child's life. So uh, he's why you know he's the he's the wise character of the film. And, yeah, yeah, and and Sebastian Cabot's voice has got is that perfect. I mean, everything about it is, yeah. just works. Yeah, and it, we do get the classic book. Yay! Uh, start of the Disney films. Which is great. I did too. I love it again. It's funny because again, it doesn't really follow the book at all. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. I just love it though. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's a wonderful convention. Yeah, and you get you, you get your story about who he gave the 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 young man cub to uh, the wolves. The wolves. And uh, then he, he proceeded to be taken care of, and uh, and then we find out that Shere Khan is back. Back, back and, in the jungle and, and, and <laughs> humans and and Mowgli is in serious danger yeah yeah and Shere Khan is so great uh, as a villain uh, he he's just he has that of course that animal instinct but he also is just like so George Sanders is oh, the best so great and the combination of the voice performance and just in, and the and, and you know how how it was animated because He's this debonair, you know, yeah. <laughs> very, very calm, almost, as, and, and, and so subversive. I mean, he just, he loves. He's just dripping with disdain yeah. throughout. Fun like, of the hunt, you know, he's going to, he wants to do all this stuff to torture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just, he hates man. Yeah. 
And, you know, they, they tried to give in the new, we'll talk some more about the new version, but they tried to give him sort of more complex motivations, but it really didn't make sense because like supposedly they're going to like be following the rules of the jungle, but then he doesn't follow the rules of the jungle. So does Shere Khan want to follow the rules of the jungle or does, but in this, it makes more sense because he just hates him. Yeah. So that's a clear motivation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He just hates man. And uh, so it's really, really good. And then you have uh, the, and I love the score of this movie. That like, well, I do too. I'm really glad you brought that up because um, it's George Bruns, if I'm saying his name right, B-R-U-N-S, mm. who, who did the score. And he did a lot of scores, you know, for that period. He, I believe he was nominated for an Academy Award for his work on Sleeping Beauty, mm. the adaptation of the Tchaikovsky score that they did. Okay. Sleeping Beauty. But he's got such a signature style. You know, he co-wrote Yoho, uh, uh, Yoho, Pirate's Life for Me for the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, right? interesting. And, and uh, yeah, with the Imagineer Exotensio, uh, uh, I'm sure I'm butchering his name. But even in like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, some of those instrumental parts, you can tell that it's like the same, uh, you know, the same composer. I do. I just, I love it. It just sets the mood. You know, and there's something so distinctive about about it. I love it. it he does. It's so, like, just creepy and yes. weird and so good. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, the voice of Mowgli, Bruce Reitherman, is yeah. he's, related he's, to he's Wolfgang? Reitherman's son. Ah. And he also voiced Christopher Robin oh. in a couple of those Winnie the Pooh shorts that were done in 1966 and 1968. Yeah. Oh, and he went on to become a filmmaker. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a filmmaker. But, uh, he, uh, Huh, yeah, look does. at that. Voice of Christopher Robin. Yeah. Huh. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that one of the weaknesses of this movie is that Mowgli is a little annoying, let's be honest. Well, yeah, you know, and, and Mowgli, up until the end, I mean, I guess it's still at the, the, the very end, but he, he's just, he's reactive. Mm-hmm. He's not doing... He wants to stay in the jungle. That's right, his motivation. But otherwise, everything is, he's just kind of being acted. Yeah. You know, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Kind of annoying, kind of whiny. And I, of, I liked what they did with him in the new one about... Yeah, uh, better character in the new one. Yeah, because he, he actually is, like, smart and trying to actively, like, figure out a way to yeah. steal Just like, I don't want to stay in the jungle. Like, he yeah. actually is, like, thinking and trying to figure out ways and Problem stuff solving. like that. Yeah. So I, I liked that about the new one. Yeah, and very courageous in the new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, and I had issues with the new one, but I, there yeah. are some things they did right. Um, yeah. you know. And some of the first creatures that they meet on this journey, so they meet Ka pretty early on. Yes. And, uh, and I think that Ka is a lot more subversive now than it might have been then because it's like Winnie the Pooh's voice and <laughs> it's creepy Winnie the Pooh. You know, like it adds like a layer, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> He's so good. Sterling, Sterling Holloway is just so brilliant. Yeah. How he put those S's in, you know, and just for this whole snake thing. Yeah. It's, 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 he's, he's so good. Yeah, and, and he's so good. He comes. He he's in it twice, which I love too. Right. How they bring him back. Yeah, yeah. Trust in me. Yeah. Trust in me. So, great. so good. And yeah, that I is something. Eyes. 
Yeah, I love that with the eyes and the hypnotism and everything. And I, I think that was something that was totally messed up in the remake. Call was just a total miss to me. I didn't like it. He was just like an exposition. Well, it was a she. But it was just like an exposition character that was almost hardly ever used and didn't do anything and wasn't scary and was just super lame, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Nothing great like how great Kai is in this animated yeah. video. Yeah. We get the first visit with uh, uh, with the colonel, uh, Hathi. Yes. <laughs> and the the elephants. And isn't that a fun sequence, too? I always so love fun. I always love that sequence. The cute little baby elephant and it's Verna Felton, right? Oh, as, the best. As, uh, <laughs> the mama elephant. Was, so, but she gets her shining hour at the at the second viewing, second yes. scene, and yeah, like just you too. wait a minute, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. Again, a fun yeah. song and fun animation. Yeah. Bigger runs off. Bigger is like I mean, Bigger gets I'm fed up. It's like stop yeah. your whining. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> And that's when Mowgli meets Baloo. Yeah. And uh, uh, Baloo is so great. So great. So fun. Bare Necessities. One of the great Disney songs for sure. It's one of the great Disney songs. And it's so interesting that, you know, the Sherman Brothers wrote all the songs for the Jungle Book, except for the Bare Necessities. Uh, It's this guy named George, or excuse me, Terry uh, Gilkison. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Yeah, uh, I noticed that in the credits again too. I was reminded, you know, when, when rewatching this, because I always thought, you know, again growing up, I always thought it was the Sherman Brothers, but no, they wrote everything too. else. But, uh, but the bare necessities, anyway. Yeah. So, why don't you tell people a little bit about the Sherman Brothers? Who they were? Um, don't we love the Sherman Brothers? Well, because <laughs> I don't think we've talked about them yet. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about them. Because Cinderella. Yeah, you know, Lady in the Tram. I'm not sure exactly what I can't recall Rachel what year they they started working with the Disney Studios, but I believe it was in the early 1960s. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they wrote some songs. They wrote some songs for like Annette Funicello yeah. and did some other Based stuff. Toyland, I think, was the first one they worked on. If I'm not oh, okay, kidding. yeah. Or maybe yeah. she recommended them from working on Babes in Toyland. I can't remember, but and, uh, but yeah, that was their connection was through Annette Funicello. Through Annette Funicello. And then, you know, they ended up becoming basically this, the in-house studio songwriters. Yeah. And they wrote the songs to Mary Poppins, which were just, you know, brilliant. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then stayed on even after Walt's death and, and, and I think still wrote some stuff, but then went off to do other, other projects. But uh, there are so many movies that the Sherman Brothers songs it's sing. Amazing. I mean, their their filmography. You'd be really surprised all the stuff that. Yeah. You know, look them up on IMDb because it's <laughs> it's so fun. It, you know, it's so fun, isn't it, to see? Because they wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And, yeah, and that saves that movie. Those songs save that movie. I, it's fun. But like, it would be a mess without. It's those not songs. my favorite. It's not my favorite movie, but that song, yeah. the the, the music song, save so, it. So much fun. Then they write, I think they wrote the songs for that Charlotte's Web yes. feature and and uh, the Slipper and the Rose. Oh, so lots of so lots of things that were done, not you know, not at Disney, but they they wrote, oriented films. Yeah. And they wrote uh, the um the uh, Small World. 
Yeah, exactly. They wrote stuff for theme parks. Mm -hmm. It's a great big beautiful, or there's a great big beautiful tomorrow for the Carousel oh. Progress. I love that song. I wish they still had the Carousel Progress. I just see. They, thankfully, they have one at Walt Disney World. They, they oh, they do. Yeah, the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Because I'm oh. with you. It's that's it's such a piece of history, you know. Yeah, it's just yeah. so fun. It's so fun to hear that song over yeah. and over. You know? <laughs> I you, I don't get tired. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're the, the best. I mean, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Right. Uh, there's no end to the number of amazing songs that the Aristocats. I think they completely yeah. saved that movie. It we'll talk about that yeah. one day, but. That movie's a mess, except for the songs are so good. Songs are so much fun. <laughs> yeah, so they just do a great job, and uh, and you know working worked so well together. And Richard Sherman is still alive. Uh, Robert died in 2012. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, at D23, uh, they had Richard Sherman oh, was there. Right. So you got to hear him do a concert, huh? I've heard one of yeah. those before too, and they are. I mean, he's amazing because. He's just got all in his mind, right? Yeah. He just sits down at the piano and plunks. Uh, it was amazing. They had like this whole live action um, retrospective thing. And not all the songs, I don't think, were Sherman Brothers. But uh, they had The Happiest Millionaire. And they had, so Leslie Ann Warren was there. And uh, Richard oh, wow. Sherman was I there. And okay. the wife of Robert Sherman was there. And uh, the girl who, the woman who played uh, Jane in Mary Poppins was there and she was a delight, hilarious. Karen Dottress? I can't Dottress. remember her I'm name. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name. But she was right. so fun. Loved her. And, uh, and anyway, there was just a bunch of people and it was really, really enjoyable. And so Richard Sherman is still, still doing great and, uh, and, and uh, just an amazing person and amazing talent. And, uh, and it just really does kind of save this movie. Not that it, yeah. It would be it would be watchable, but it would be pretty boring without the songs. Without the songs, totally agree. Have you watched the documentary about the Sherman Brothers called The Boys? Uh, -uh. no. I really would recommend that. that to you and yeah. all of, all of your listeners because it's actually the children of the Sherman Brothers decided to do this documentary, and yeah. I think both both of them were alive when they started working on this, so they were able to capture yeah. it. It's pretty fascinating because actually the, sh the brothers themselves had a pretty competitive and cantankerous relationship with each other. They really didn't yeah. get along that well. And, and it's kind of, it kind of blows your mind. I think as just as an outsider, you know, just as a fan, you just think, yeah. how could, how could someone who writes this such joyful music or this team that writes this joyful music, not like each other. Right. <laughs> and sibling relationships are complicated, you know, right. but, but uh oh wow highly recommend seriously highly recommend yeah i will points. and and in yeah. the one thing in saving mr banks is like <laughs> they they kind of show them as if they're sort of the same age yeah well right like twins or something. <laughs> which like he would be like insanely old now if that was true <laughs> so the, the, <laughs> the casting was a little off but i yeah. still love saving mr banks but anyway, I, I enjoyed that movie. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the he meets Blue, and I, you know, Blue has the philosophy of uh, the bare necessities, and you don't have to care about what other people think. Forget about your worries and your strife. Forget about it. it's kind of. Would you agree? That's kind of uh, kind of Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's great, so fun. And one of my favorite images from the Jungle Book 
and really from like all of Disney, is that scene where Blue is on his back floating down the river and Mowgli's yeah. sitting on his stomach. And that is the Ugh. iconic Jungle Book yeah. you know, image and just captures it so well. They're both so happy yeah. together. You it's know? very joyful. And it's so fun. So, so yeah, and this one is a, is a Xerox method movie, correct? It's a, I believe it's, so. Yeah. yeah. And so what, uh, what that means is basically they were able to use, instead of hand painting each cell individually, they were able to basically copy and uh, copy the borders and everything. And, and, uh, and, and that made things go a lot faster and then they, they uh, were able to hand, hand paint them in. And here they use a really like really watercolory kind of look for all the backgrounds Yes. and all the, um, uh, and so, uh, I don't know. How do you think that that, are you normally somebody who's pretty critical of the um, Xerox method or what do you feel well, about I'm it? I'm not necessarily critical of about it. I mean, I just think it was just part of the time period, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, clearly it's very, it looks very different from the elegance of the, of the, you know, earlier work from the Disney studios, particularly mm-hmm. I think the real high period, which is during the fifties. Right. But the, uh, I kind of like the rough edge of, of it because it makes it look hand drawn. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I, I really don't mind it. I remember thinking as a kid, like with 101 Dalmatians, which I believe was the first film that really used that, yeah. uh, that method. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh, this isn't so great as far as the backgrounds and the, but now I love it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> now I just think it's I mean, just, just yeah. statistically, I think it's just so interesting to look at. And again, it adds just kind of a, a little sense of mm-hmm. of um sometimes raw I, authenticity yeah. what do you sometimes, think about it? sometimes i really don't like the xerox style particularly i in sword in the stone i just feel like everything in sword in the stone looks blue and gray and kind yeah. of messy and it just doesn't look pretty to me but i think uh-huh. they were able to with this watercolor look to yeah. be able to make it look pretty in like a story yeah. the, i love i love the jungle book backgrounds you know, and maybe yeah. that helps. Yeah, helps it too that it kind of evens out because I think. Then we have the monkeys stealing. Steal Mowgli off of Blue's belly. Yeah. Yeah. Because King Louis wants fire, man's red flower, and Louis Prima as King Louis. Again, this is not a character in the book, but it is just so fun. And this was one thing I did not think was successful at all in the. Ma, in the update, uh, I just felt like, like we already have a cruel, mean character in Shere Khan. We don't need another, especially in the remake. We don't need another villain who's like kind of a mob boss type. And yeah. that's what they did. And so, like, I just didn't think it worked at all, and it just made no sense why that character would start to sing. Yeah. And this. He's like a slick guy. He's like a salesman. He's like, you know, and so like it kind of makes a little more sense why he might kind of sing and be uh-huh. jazz and whatever. And and uh, I think it works way better into like with Louis Louis Prima's voice and yeah. just uh, makes way more sense why he would sing and just the kind of character. And it's just refreshing because it's different because you have three villains in this movie. You have Ka, who's like slithery and and you know and and uh just kind of primal and then and and trying to trying to um hypnotize people and then you have 
uh, you have the, uh, you have Shere Khan, who's just like brutal and angry and whatever, and kind of disdainful. And then you have, uh, you have King Louis, who's just kind of the more sort of joyful, but slick and whatever kind of villain. Whereas I felt like in the new version, you had basically two mafia bosses and one who's just like expositions. I was like, so. Yeah, I with you. I didn't care for King Louis in the re in the you know the CGI version yeah. because it number one I was I, I just had trouble with the scale the whole yeah. time because he was so huge you know it's like yeah is this King Kong you know what I mean yeah. like what is going on with this and they even changed the lyrics scale. yeah I'm and, a giant atrophicus or whatever and, you know I mean, Christopher Walken can't sing no. and I mean it just I, don't know, I, I agree with you totally problematic whereas in the 67 animated version is that it just it's just pure joy the the yeah. uh the way that the character design of king louis so fun so short to the ground but his crazy arms you know i mean so again very orangutan but also like a band leader you know like louis prima yeah <laughs> it's just and i just love like when blue's like oh man what a big, you know, he, oh it's so fun it's the best it's, it's the best scene and that that scene i read rachel doing some research you know how when they're uh after the song is done and then they start passing mowgli around yeah you know, blue and i mean everybody's trying to get trying to get mowgli well yeah. Wooly Ryderman told the animators that were working on that sequence to copy as a time saver to copy what was done in the wind and the willows with the weasels oh. toad hall you know yeah. how they were the weasel and, and and instead of mowgli it was the deed to toad hall and and uh and then ratty and mole were bagheera and blue and so they they basically i'm gonna have to rewatch the wind in the willows i thought now I mean, and like, yeah. that's a hardship because I, I love that <laughs> yeah. but but uh, I, I think it does make sense the way that they the way that they composed that that, that yeah. scene was uh, was very very similar. The animator said it was torture to do it, just because Ratty and Mole were not were nothing like Bagheera and Blue, you know, as far as yeah. I mean, how do you feel about recycled animation in general? There's not that much in this one, but Jungle Book would be recycled yeah. a lot. Yeah, you know. Um, course you know when we want to think that every every drawing is just done perfectly for the film you know but yeah and individually for the film but i just think as a cost-saving measure and 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 any yeah. number of things i can see i can understand the necessity of it and they so, still use this now i remember uh any i think it was was it lion king or was it no it was be it was uh in Beauty and Beast, I think I was listening to a audio commentary and they're saying that some of the, uh, that they had used some animation from way back in the Silly Symphonies to capture certain things. And you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And yeah. I really don't care at all. Like, I really don't. Yeah, it doesn't um, bug me either because, again, I just think the, the reality of, of animation production, holy it, smokes. People act like it's some kind of scandal. Like, Oh my gosh! Like it's exactly the same as the scene before, and I'm like, if they, who cares? Like it doesn't matter to me because 
it, it's sort of like, to me, if I found out that, like, they used the same costumes in Thor 1 and Thor 2, would I care? <laughs> no, I don't care. It's like, it doesn't matter to me. Right. I <laughs> love the whole monkey scene. is amazing. And uh, and then we get, uh, they're staying overnight, and that's when Bagheera tells, uh, tells um, Baloo that he needs to do the right thing and he needs to take Mowgli back to the man village and basically say, like, look what happened when he was with you for, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> Shere Khan is out here. Yeah. And so Baloo decides to do the right thing. And, of course, Mowgli is very upset. And I think you get some really nice voice work from Phil Harris in these scenes. Well, I do, too. Great film and really great animation, which I understand mm-hmm. that that again in the same article I was reading that's been used a lot by animators to refer they were talking to Andreas Deja or Deja I'm not sure how you pronounce mm-hmm. his name who you know did Scar and a bunch of other great work for for mm-hmm. you know, the Disney Renaissance but he uh uh just you know Baloo's hesitation with it and how upset he was about it that he had to do this or yeah. that that's so that they that he Andrea said that gets referenced a lot. Yeah. You know, I'd like to, yeah, pay closer attention to some of these newer Disney films to see when someone has to do some, you know, something they don't want to do. Uh, see if they use some of those same things. But I, I agree, yeah. with you. great stuff. And that's when you see you have your second appearance of Ka, and then you also have the vultures. Oh, and- the vultures. <laughs> I love the beetles or whatever, some kind of British invasion vultures. <laughs> and they are originally going to be voiced by the beetles, right? Or, or, or they, Yeah, very, you know, this piece I read said that they had composed a rock song, you know, a guitar-based song for them to sing, and then they opted to go for something a little more timeless i mean they turn it into more of a barbershop quartet yeah rather than you know i would have loved to have heard that rock song <laughs> <laughs> you know the yeah. sherman brothers take on a beatles on a beatles song <laughs> and it's so fun yeah or i would have loved to have heard the beatles do that's what oh, friends I are know. for that would have been really fun so yeah <laughs> i haven't heard that it was supposed to be the beatles themselves but wouldn't that have been fantastic yeah <laughs> uh, it's really fun. I really enjoy it. I, I feel like it's kind of the same as the crows in Dumbo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but people are offended by the crows in Dumbo. But I feel like they're very similar scenes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, and uh, and so I do love to, like, George Sanders at the end is Shere Khan being like he's he's like super low great like that's what (laughs) it's so good it's it's really a great way to kind of wreck the party (laughs) (laughs) so good yeah and uh, and then here we get to the the ending of this movie is the only thing that I really don't care for so Mowgli is able to kind of escape and. And, and with, uh, yeah, he and he and Blue, yeah. Shere Khan and Blue fight. Fight, yeah. And Mowgli thinks that Blue is dead, and Bagheera gives this great speech. This like eulogy, and and it, it's beautiful. I mean, Blue's, <laughs> you know, body that you think is dead. It's rainy. It's beautifully <laughs> lit. You know, there's yeah. I mean, it's sad. I remember 
as a kid, I mean, I know that they're trying to pull the emotion out of you, but you feel really sad. You're like, oh, not Baloo, you know, don't kill Baloo. Quote scripture, no love, no, yeah. no greater love uh, than he lays down his life for his friends. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think, I'm like, maybe in Hunchback, maybe there's quoting actual scripture. Uh, but I couldn't really uh, think of any other instance where it's literally been quoted like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, an, it's an interesting choice, but it's effective. Because again, mm -hmm. perfectly delivered by Sebastian Cabot. Yeah. And then, you know, partway through, the audience finds out the blue's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts, you know, making comments and and things and and uh, uh so what turns yeah. you know tragedy and, turns into comedy pretty quickly yeah and and but you see Mowgli is like really affected really upset and i do love uh that blue's like i wish my mother could be here. yeah i love that line <laughs> i wish my mother <laughs> uh, and th this part kind of annoys me though because uh, they've just had this emotional thing where, like, literally he has just almost died for Mowgli. And then he hears one thing I hate in Disney films. We haven't seen it so far. And so you, but you'll hear this as a frequent refrain of things that I don't like is I don't like what I call like the hypnotized love. When then, when a character will just look across a pond or something and we'll just see another. Uh, usually it's like a female because a male character looking at a female character and then they'll just be like, yeah. <laughs> and I hate it in Fox and the Hound uh, so much. It's probably my the one I dislike the most, but um, in here, in, uh, in like Bambi too, does that Bambi, yeah. yeah, that's where it kind of started. And I don't know. I just don't like it. I, I just I don't like that whole idea of like women are like hip you know their powers yeah, their the, womanly uh, ways are making you look mm. yeah and <laughs> i never liked that and here i really like it's a pretty song as far as the melody is very beautiful that she's singing but she's like singing about like basically being a dentured servant her whole life i'm gonna go get the water for my husband and yeah. child every day and yeah. and uh and then that's what my that's the only options for my daughter who's gonna come and get the water and and uh and and then he like totally just like without even like really saying goodbye he just like goes he has the hypnotized love and just follows and just goes and that's it and it kind of i don't like it i don't yeah. like it. yeah no i i hear you and I, and I really appreciate what what you're saying uh i i i have some other thoughts about that ending too you know in this research, Rachel, uh, it was interesting to learn while Disney was involved with, with that story point, he was still alive when they were, you know, yeah. Cause we forgot he, to mention that he passed away before this movie was released. Yeah. 10 months before. Yeah. So they were in the throes of production and I mean, talk about devastating, yeah. you know, uh, for your leader. I'm so glad that they pulled themselves together and finished it, you right. know, uh, I mean, they probably had to just, you know, just financially, right, for the studio and whatnot, but still. Um, but Walt, uh, well, let me get this, this, this quote right. Walt wanted Mowgli to make the decision himself to go to the man village 
uh, and not to be told, um, not by anybody, or and not having anybody force the boy, I think is what the quote said. And I don't know if that's, that's directly from Walt. Not trying to defend it. I just think that I thought that I had never heard that before. I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. I, I hear what you're saying because clearly it's totally culturally inappropriate right now. You know I mean? There, there's no way that they, they'd even come out and do a, do a song, do a song like that. I always viewed it as, I mean, I think one of my favorite parts of that last scene is when blue blues quote is forget about those they ain't nothing but trouble <laughs> he's like don't don't bother with these the women they're gonna you know um they're nothing but trouble and then how he's saying come back come back and bagheera who's the wise one is saying go on go on but i interpret that rachel is you know bagheera wants Mowgli to live and and mature and Blue is kind of stuck in time, you know? And so I just like, I've always liked it when I, 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 that scene has worked for me because I just felt like this is what's going to allow Mowgli to grow up, even though maybe it's a little questionable how, how he gets lured in there. But. Yeah, uh, I can see that. And it's still a good movie. Nothing is like a deal breaker, but I, you know, I just the, wish that the, uh, like maybe he'd had like a moment to say goodbye. And I know. Cause he just, he just is able to go off. I mean, I feel, I felt like there was some nonverbal things going on where that he was saying goodbye, but, mm-hmm. but you wish him that he could like give him a hug and say, thank you. You know, but I like, I think that the ending in, in that way with Mowgli is quite satisfying in, in the CGI um, remake. Hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I think the ending is much better. I like it much better because he is the one that like uh, figures out how to kill Shere Khan or, 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 or face off with Shere Khan, even though he does sort of set the whole entire jungle on fire. Um, uh, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have as big a problem if it was like a little bit more of an empowering song. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because clearly you said the song, yeah, it's it's definitely a different a different time, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and the attitude, but still, though, I yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. So, all right, uh, well, I think we pretty much covered everything. I, you know, the 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 flaws that you can uh, mention with this movie is just like you said, the story is very bare bones. It's pretty much just a bunch of great songs, a bunch of fun characters, and uh, that's enough for me. <laughs> check again my rankings. <laughs> I, I forced myself after one of our last conversations, Rachel, to really rank him because I just put them more like in groups. Uh, okay. <laughs> groups of 20. But uh, I think actually Jungle Book would be in my top 10 if not top 15. Uh, okay. My, I think I might even have it at number ten. I'm going to have to double check my list, but I, uh, I, I think just pure nostalgia and pure joy mm-hmm. really push it over. Even though I think there's other clearly other films that are better, but it's really you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's more of an emotional decision. I think yeah uh, to rank it so high. So when I did my first ranking, I had it very high, but when I did my second, I. I kind of, I don't know, I rethought it a little bit and I have it at 23 now in my ranking. So there you go. <laughs> my first ranking, I had it in like 
like maybe a 15. And then I think I have Bambi. Yeah. I mean, I like my top 35 are all A movies. (laughs) They're all A grades. Uh Uh, So I love these movies. So it's, it's very splitting hairs. Um, but I have Bambi at 24 and I have Lilo and Stitch at 22. So there you go. So I have a little uh, random number generator thing on my phone. Okay. So I have cool. 57 entered. Um, so we're going to click the button and see what we're going to talk about next. I like it. 33. So what's 33? Uh, Pocahontas. Yeah. It is 33. So that's what we'll do next. Hey. Talk about Pocahontas. Uh, some pretty, uh, I'll just uh, <laughs> check out my. I have some pretty strong feelings about Pocahontas, but uh, I, I'm excited to hear your feelings about Pocahontas. I have strong feelings about it too. Yeah, so that'll be really fun to talk about. And uh, so let us know what you guys think about uh, The Jungle Book, uh, either this one or the remake and some of the things we've talked about. Uh, please put in the comments section or uh, let us know on Twitter. And uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Stanford Clark. Also, I have a movie blog, which is moviespastandpresent.com. Yeah, awesome. And I'll have links for that in the description section. And I will have links. I have covered Jungle Book like so much. I wrote a review for this movie for uh, the um, for rotoscopers.com. I also reviewed the live action Blu-ray uh, for rotoscopers.com. And I have a I have my Disney Canon review both on my blog and on my channel. And I have my review of the live action from my channel. So I'll have links for everything. It'll be just like everything. a whole big group. Outstanding. So this is a movie that I, I, I just, I know and I've talked about a lot in my life and, and it's just really fun. So uh, you can follow me at smiling on the on social media or at Rachel's reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So uh, thanks so much, and uh, we will uh, have. I'm not sure when we're going to do Pocahontas. We may even just do it later in April and have two in April because uh, we're so on the ball this this month. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, let us know what you think, and um, thanks so much. Thanks, Bye. Rachel. Bye.